Welcome back to the Complete Inbox Podcast. Phil, I didn't sing this open. I hope this is okay. Episode six is happening right now. Phil. It is. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Rich? Uh, it's been a pretty good week, man. It's been a very chill That's week, awesome. which is nice. Yeah. For the first time in a while, it's uh, been pretty, pretty chill. Uh, anything, anything new on your end? You know, I don't think so. Um, actually, uh, what I did last night is I sat around and finally beat um, an old Nintendo game that I haven't beat since way back when. Was, you ever played Adventures of Lolo? Uh, it's a puzzle game, so yes, I've played it, but I do, not, I do not love puzzle games. Do not love puzzle games. Yeah, this one, I don't really like a lot of them either. This one, for whatever reason, I've always liked, but uh, I've got that Super Nintendo Classic, and I've thrown some NES games on there, and so it's oh. one of those where I just sat down for like just like maybe five minutes at a time at night before I go to bed just pull it up and play a couple levels and save it. And so there was one level I was stuck on for like a week <laughs> and it right. ended up being the second to last level. So it was, it was a nice feeling like finally uh, got through that one last night, which was awesome. Uh, I have the cart for Lolo and I had the cart for Lolo too, but I sold it on eBay because I don't even play it. And just, I found it for right. real cheap and just kind of sold it for a, one of those gamer profits where you return it or where essentially you sell it back so you can, you know, buy a different game in your collection or whatever. Uh, some people might call that shady. I call it just me trying to build my collection. It's not my fault. You sold it to me for a dollar. Oh no, absolutely. It's, I think that's pretty, pretty much part and parcel. You got to make the deals where you can, if you're chasing like a large number of cartridges. Right. Uh, as far as gaming goes for me, I've been playing a lot of my switch. Uh, especially Mario Kart. I am trying to get uh, all gold stars in Mario Kart right now. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, and I absolutely love my Switch, man. It's such a great thing that's happened in my life. And I can take it with me wherever. And I can play it when I'm hanging out with them on the couch. It's just like, again, the perfect machine. I absolutely 100% love the Nintendo Switch. Uh, and in fact, uh, last week when I was back in the LP area, uh chatting with our boy uh riley from the loose thursday podcast and hang on just a second i got something for them it's a did you hear that i did hear that i popped a beer tab for our friends at the loose thursday podcast as one does hey you know that's funny you mentioned i didn't i didn't pop a beer tab on the radio um just because i've got my bottle opener is pretty far away it's i got it nailed to a wall next to the fridge and uh, I've, I'm drinking some Lagunitas tonight, Ooh. actually. I, I remember last last week we discussed. I, I think I was having iced tea and you were having nothing. Yeah. So, uh, so what do you got? You got an IPA, a little something? What are you drinking? I do. I do. Okay. Yep, IPA. Uh, the little something is really good, too. I just I really like Lagunitas beer, if I'm being honest. Yeah, they, I think so, too. They're um, Which is crazy, because I think they've been around a while, and I just it took me a while to get around to trying them. But um, this type of IPA has always been my favorite. I really like uh, Bell's Two-Hearted. And a couple yep, other, like, there's some great local IPAs that are that style of IPA. It's really a good beer. Uh, the Lagunitas Brewery in Chicago is a great place. Uh, if you and Kate ever make it back to the Chicago area, you should check it out. Oh, yeah, I think we definitely would. I actually did not realize that they were based out of Chicago. That's really cool to hear. I assumed out west, like, either Pacific, like, California. Oh, I think or they have the a, a couple breweries, but uh, they definitely have one in Chicago. They've got good food, and you can drink all their beer. It's pretty awesome. Um, so, great. anyway, so Riley and I were chatting. He had called me while I was back home last weekend, 
and uh, uh, I guess well last weekend not the uh, not this past Saturday but the Saturday before he was asking me if he should go get a switch and I 1000% said yeah dude go get that switch don't mess around and then he talked himself out of it I'm very disappointed oh he did yeah Wow, that story really took a yeah. took a right when I thought it was going to take a left, Rich. <laughs> well, we talked for, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes. I'm at Reed's store, uh, That Guy's Secret in LaSalle. Check out thatguysecret.com. He's not an official sponsor yet. But Absolutely. He, he might as well be. Um, I think he's the unofficial father. Uh, the unofficial sponsor. He he's is also the unofficial the father. Sponsors. And, and once we get more yeah. listeners, then we can finally start hassling him to actually sponsor this podcast. Uh, there you go. Sure. But anyway, so we're chatting on the phone, and I'm 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 helping Reed out of the store, and by helping, I mean literally doing absolutely nothing. Um, <laughs> I'm the I'm the mascot at that point. Just loitering. He calls yeah, me up. He said, "Hey, man, sure. I think I'm about going to buy a switch." And I said, "Yeah, dude, that's great." And I'm we're and instead of being like, "Go buy it," I said, "Well, here's your caution. Uh, once oh. you get past the initial three hundred dollars, you're looking at another." $200 with stuff that you kind of need to have uh, that go with I want to say two things right there. You planted the seeds of doubt here. Um, two is that's a really good call on your part because, uh, yeah, that, that really does change it, doesn't it? I think uh, once you get it to find you still have to get another 200 bucks for the stuff, it's pretty – it's a steep ask. Yeah, because you're in, initially you, – I mean, you have to get at least two games with it, and there's 120 bucks right there. Uh, and then yeah. you got to get a case if you plan on taking it anywhere. Uh, and then they're yeah. going to, then you're probably going to want to get some sort of pro controller. If you plan on playing pro style game, uh, I know for me personally, yeah. like I, I love my pro controller and I need it. Uh, so there's a lot that goes with it and we, you know, he's got kids, so he's going to want to get extra controllers and all these other of things. Course. And so, yeah, by the time all said and done, you're looking at five, $600 just to start your switch, uh, which yeah, is one of the downsides the that kept you away from the PS four and yeah the the x you know that's right that's what's that's the price that keeps people away from the current gen models and so. if you don't think you're going to play it enough then you're not right making it for me it's easy to drop 300 dollars in an xbox and i'm gonna use the shit out of my xbox and not just for of course gaming but for multimedia purposes it's my netflix machine on one of my tvs a hulu twitch uh dvd player if i want to pop in some seasons of dawson's creek um which yes, uh, we have Dawson's Creek on DVD. It's a good watch. You should watch it sometime. That's, <laughs> I just really like the fact that you're sitting around watching in like 480i, just checking out some <laughs> Dawson's Creek. Listen, That's great. it's you're the only way bad. Joey looks good. Low quality programming on your TV. That's not only in the technicals of the show, but in the substance as well. I, I commend you, sir. It's good. Well, I'll admit the reason why I started watching it was because of Bay and, you know, Ellen. She's like, yeah, let's watch Dawson's Creek. And I was like, yeah, I'm super boyfriend. Let's buy that on DVD and we'll watch it. Uh, and, that's awesome. and then and then I grew to like the show. Uh, and by like, I mean, OK, fair enough. So it was it was OK, but it's not the OC. And I still that to is this exactly day, what happened to me with for the, the OC. OC, though. What's that? That's exactly what happened to me with the OC. That's what Kate got me to that. Oh, that's right. You did watch the OC. I forget. I did. Yep. And it was entirely, I, even then I was kind of reluctant. I was, uh, you guys know that I was reluctant. Uh, Gus, I'm sure he's out there listening. Definitely knows I was reluctant because <laughs> if anybody <laughs> was YouTube, they were champion, championing me watching it. And yeah, I just never would. And then uh, she, I buckled like you did for Ellen. I did for Kate and then end up, yeah, it was great. It had some really good parts to it. Or yeah, maybe great. Maybe not great, but it has yeah, some really great Yeah, I was like, wow, parts. Phil, that, that kind of surprising coming from you. 
uh, <laughs> sure. You don't no, really, I really things I did end up really enjoying it. Yeah. The end of it sucked. Uh, but you know, that was when Misha Barton was on our way out, but this is not the, uh, oh, yeah, the OC true. podcast by any means, but maybe someday I will do an OC podcast and it will be <laughs> that's true. amazing. April fools. One of these years <laughs> next year, <laughs> that would be so good. Um, so yeah, that, uh, that's what happened last week. And then this past weekend I was actually home and Ellen and I did some things around the yard. She pressure washed our little concrete patio in the back and she was uh she drew some pictures some fun pictures in the concrete that's great uh (laughs) so yeah it's uh we need to actually do that ourselves next up is the actual driveway and it's a really long driveway so i'm hoping the i mean i just i'm just cringing at the water bill uh which should be the least of my worries when it comes to the bills because it's not that expensive but once you start pressure washing things 30s (laughs) yeah Really? Those, man, pressure washing. Jesus Christ. What do you think? We're millionaires? Yeah. Well, the pressure washer itself is on loan, so we're a little ahead there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, uh, yeah. So anyway, lots happening. I want to get into some uh, some of our topics here today. Everything from Channel Awesome, which has gone crazy. We're going to talk a little Fortnite this time. Uh, we will talk a little. We'll dig more into Nintendo Switch and Nintendo Labo. And then we're going to have some burning questions uh, at the end for our friend Phil, and maybe he'll ask me some of the same. So, Phil, Absolutely. are you ready to start? I am. Let's get started. All right. So, Channel Awesome, for those of you who don't know, uh, has been going through a bit of a troublesome phase these days. And it started earlier in the month when a group of former Channel Awesome contributors, uh, content creators, uh, essentially wrote this document called the uh, Not-So-Channel Awesome. And it named uh, a few members of Channel Awesome's hierarchy. I just want to jump in yeah, jump and in. Uh, say sick, sick burn on uh, the name of that document. Good work. Right? Go ahead. I mean, what How? What else are you going to name that? Not so awesome. <laughs> I guess, yeah, you're backed into a corner there, but it was just kind of like, wow, that was real edgy. Not so awesome. Well, anyway, go ahead. Once so. you read through the document, though, you say this is edgy AF. They, of course, that's true. They it, name yes. so many different things happening, from, everything from uh, harassment, misogyny, which is a huge problem in the gaming world. Uh, and then they goes through and then we name and we don't name anybody, but we mentioned something about sexual deviancy from one of the contributors. And then right. that person never actually gets named at the time. So channel awesome is going through this, uh, this problem. And one of the biggest contributors, if not the biggest contributor to channel awesome has always been the nostalgia critic. Uh, the nostalgia critic is sort of like the angry video game nerd, except he focuses more on like shitty cinema. Right. Right. Uh, and so this has been a big problem, but who wrote this document was all for, were all former employees of uh, channel awesome. Well, not actual employees, but just members of the channel because they weren't come to find out. Channel Awesome didn't actually pay anybody. Uh, they just gave them a platform. And when you're a content contributor and you're looking to gain some views, some channel that has a couple million subscribers on YouTube seems really good at the time, right? And it falls into that same old trap, right, that I think people who kind of hold the power in these situations when you want to be a content creator it's always like oh well we can't pay you but you'll get exposure like right graphic designers get ding that way with you know it's always it, it's a very easy trap to fall into because you do need the exposure but ultimately you're being cheated and the same with my students who go into broadcasting when it comes to internships right so the unpaid internship exactly. at a tv station doesn't pay but I, 
it, you will still get a lot of experience, hopefully at the right place. Some places may have you push papers, but uh, most places that I send my students to actually contribute in some way. So let's fast forward this to the middle of April, uh, a couple weeks ago, last week, where it comes to find out that who the actual creator is that had been a sexual deviant. And that is Justin Carmichael, a.k.a. Juario, uh, who actually killed himself, um, what is it, a little over a year ago, a couple years ago. F- uh, oh, actually, I thought I read it was like 2014. 2014, so right. It's, so it's, it's been, a, few, it's been a number of years okay. ago. Yeah, right. It has, yeah. Uh, but he was also well-respected in the gaming community amongst his peers. So those people from RetroWare TV, uh, all those other retro gaming channels, he was sort of like a guy that everybody yeah. got along with. Um, yeah. But comes to find out, you know, it's one of those things where, hey, guys, never meet your heroes, right? Uh, And so a Reddit post happened um, talking about this, and one of the people who had come forward as being uh, sexually assaulted posted on a throwaway account. Now, this is absolutely true. I was one of the people he assaulted and just went on uh, to explain sort of in detail what happened where he took uh, took advantage of her while she was passed out. Uh, or drunk or something or other. Um, I digged, a l- I dug a little deeper on this and I, I know I'm taking up a lot of time uh, talking about this. No, no, go right But on, to me, it's just, it. it's, it's intriguing in all the wrong ways because it's just the, this culture can be just hot trash sometimes. And oh, yeah. this techie fan base uh, can be a real cancer. And, people were upset at those who were claiming that this person had sexually assaulted anybody because of course they would, they defend anybody. Um, but whatever. Uh, so then you start some of the other creators on or former creators on channel. Awesome. Start coming forward about how they knew Justin Carmichael, uh, and how some said, well, obviously I never saw anything, but there were signs that led to this. And there was one woman, her name is Mars Girl, uh, on YouTube. Uh, she had actually made a video, a movie with uh, Justin Carmichael and has been struggling because she spent, you know, a long time and some real resources on making this feature link movie. Uh, and so she was coming under fire, I guess, a little bit because she still had the video up. Um at that point, it's like, well, what can you do? So she's put up, uh, since then, put up a disclaimer uh, with the video saying, hey, had I known that this person was an absolute monster, I wouldn't have, you know, made this video with this person. But at the time, nobody knew. Um, so, and, yeah. And one thing even to that, like, isn't that kind of a bummer? So there are people who, so a person knows somebody, doesn't know of this stuff, right? Uh, so they're completely... They, they only have like positive thoughts about this person. They do make a tribute video of some kind. And then later history finds that that guy was really super terrible. And then it's like, well, now you're culpable in that guy's crime that you didn't know. <laughs> it's kind of weird. I hate the way that uh, I think some people did. They probably do kind of chase and get after people like that. And it's like, that's a little unfair. But Yeah. And one of the problems is, is that Channel Awesome, to some people, believe that they knew before that or they knew that this person was this kind of way oh and they never it did anything to be about the case it. right from um i didn't i read a, across a few articles about it because as i've talked to you and um about this subject i i admittedly 
don't really have any familiarity with the guy. Um, although it was actually, it clicked in my mind when you were talking about how he also had connections and was respected in other kind of circles, specifically RetroWare, which I have uh, watched a lot of. And I do remember now um, seeing that guy get uh, he was featured in a couple of some of the early videos, and I want to say, didn't they even do a video too after he had uh, killed himself? Yeah, but it's very possible. Again, that's nobody's in trouble for that. Yeah, no, yeah, but that's how I, I did suddenly remember him because I had totally blanked on who this guy was until um, you mentioned Retroware. If anybody wants to get a better idea of maybe who this person was, um, somebody who knew him kind of well, and he'd probably tell you the same is uh, Pat Contry, Pat the NES Punk on YouTube. Um, the, one of my favorite podcasts is the completely unnecessary podcast, uh, that he does. And he talked about for 30 minutes about this, about how, uh, all this shaped out. And he was, he's been really close with the retroware guys. He was essentially a big part of the, the video game years. Oh yeah, he sure was. Um, and yeah, so he definitely. knew. And so is his co-host yeah, on exactly. that show too. Both of yep. them are. And so yeah. it's, uh, uh, he obviously has a much better take on all of this and I think it's the appropriate take because obviously neither you or I are that into the retro gaming community and we've never been to a MAGFest uh, hopefully that changes no, someday nothing on like yeah nothing on the cult like the the magazine you, you hear about all these people that kind of network and have tried to get magazines launched and consoles although that's the whole Coleco dream or whatever that was a separate issue right. altogether but yeah you're absolutely right there is a lot of like people who are working constantly trying to create content as it relates so um yeah he definitely has a window into that world that we wouldn't yeah so i would uh, that's another plug for another podcast i mean he would never listen to this uh i mean hopefully maybe someday no. but uh <laughs> for those of you who do enjoy retro gaming and news and stuff like that check out the completely unnecessary podcast yeah it's a really good listen it is good stuff um it is so uh anyway uh, let's go ahead and put that actually you know what what this reminds me of really and this uh, to a different scale, obviously, is the Penn State scandal with Joe Paterno, right? Where uh, you talk about how they swept all of this child molestation stuff under the rug and sort of let this dude still stick around for so many years and so many more egregious acts happen. It's, you know, when people come forward, you got to take that stuff seriously and to prevent it from happening again, you know? This dude walked around and was anointed king uh joe paterno and may or may not have been uh, a big part of the problem no and i think that i hadn't considered obviously that specific correlation but i think it stands to reason that some of the reason that there was all this inaction there right is because they're pursuing success i mean when i say there i mean at penn state a lot of it is that they're really pursuing success they have a system that so far is demonstrating that it's working to reach that success and they're afraid to just flip the table over to do what's right um, and I think that's the same can be said about Channel Awesome. I think that obviously they had their their long term goals and what they really wanted Channel Awesome to be uh, individually and for the whole organization. And yeah, I absolutely think that in you know with that in mind, they didn't 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 do the right thing on this one. And I think as we we're also continually learning, we're also interconnected. And yeah, some of this stuff just kind of. You know, you hear about it. Some are some uh, journalist puts it in a blog and it just kind of takes off. So, yeah, I really wonder what this means for Channel Awesome themselves. Uh, I don't know if they lose a ton of subscribers. I don't know if they lose funding. Um, you know, it's maybe this is one of those things where the uh, oh, the problem well, lasts for a little while and then people forget about it. Sort of like Jake Paul and all his trash fan base. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I don't know. 
That's a really great question. So I was wondering that myself, but it seemed like, uh, and this is maybe even a different angle as to what drove him to do it. So Channel Awesome really functioned, or at least it, it made sense from a, con a content creator's point of view at its height because of how they would allow um, a more liberal interpretation, and I think perhaps even the right interpretation, of fair use when it came to um, copyrighted material, and games obviously fall under that, as well as the movies and everything else that these uh, reviewers were trying to kind of give their critiques on. So what I think it happened is, so YouTube really wanted to do it that way, but they're trying to make everybody happy. So yeah. for years, they're letting organ they're letting copyright holders really just blitz them. Mm -hmm. Like, they're going to take their word for it first, and they're going to take a lot of videos down, demonetize them, and really just kind of run the folks who rely on this, i.e., uh, people who want to make a video where they just refer back and criticize or an analyze old um, video games or even current ones for that matter. So they end up going over to Channel Awesome because they're willing to not uh, chase that as hard as YouTube was. But then YouTube years later, and it has it's been now for a few years, reversed that way of thinking. And so now they are actually way more lax um, than they've ever been on this type of stuff. And I think I saw some other video. I can't remember who it was. It might have been one of the the blog, the vlog brothers or whatever, the green brothers. But one of them was kind of talking about like, yeah, YouTube is ubiquitous now. Like you, you can't get off of YouTube because it's the only way to make a living. And it's, yeah, it's kind of once YouTube opened the back, the doors back up for these types of content creators that were having success on channel. Awesome. Yeah. They rushed right in. And so I think channel awesome was already on its way out. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe they even saw the writing on the wall and that also compelled them to not try to just burn the house down faster by kind of, cutting her hand off when it came to the stuff with uh, the guy's name, which escapes me right now, Jew Wario, as yeah, you refer Justin to himself Carmichael, on there. Yep. Justin Carmichael. So, yeah, I think that uh, that also, I don't I don't expect them to last forever. They're they're going the way of Toys R Us, if I had to assume at this point. Yeah, I've, I mean, at this point, I kind of, the way, I, the what I've listened to and what I've read, it, I kind of hope, I kind of hope so. Uh, if you get a chance, yeah, Phil, yep. I would suggest like checking out some of the testimonials for some of the old contributors to Channel Awesome. It's a, especially the female employees. It's a pretty uh, chilling tale. Not. Yeah. No. I, yep. I had, and it was. You're right. It was pretty. It was pretty crazy in there. Yeah. So. Yep. Uh, okay. Well, let's move on to a little more something more uh, exciting, or I don't know, uh, happy. Um, <laughs> I stumbled upon sure. this uh, feature on NintendoLife.com uh, about the making of the game Night Trap, game slash movie uh, Night Trap. Phil, can you tell us a little about what Night Trap is? So Night Trap is basically the poster child of a few things. It's poster child, um, I think, of these full motion video video games that came out. Um, especially really at the launch of the compact disc as the, the chosen media for video games. So when they shifted from cartridge to CD, a lot of things were lost um, that cartridge hardware had, but a lot of wins were gained from switching to, com right. uh, switching to a digital media like that. And namely, it was in uh, space. Just the amount of file size you could fit on a disc just absolutely obliterated what you could do on a cartridge, like just basically on a chip. So they were able to start doing things like putting real like video in there. And of course, it's really, really bad. It's really rough because this is like the very beginning of it because um, it came out for Sega CD. Right. And that was one of the, the first widely available um, compact disc based game systems. But yeah, so it was a it was a horror video game. It You played as somebody who's going in to stop these 
I think it was supposed to be vampires or aliens. It was really vampires. like there's, it was a vampires. Yeah. Okay. Vampires basically going, is it a sorority? It's just a house filled with, with just young. Yeah. Scantily women clad women in nineties. Right. Scantily clad is exactly. Yeah. I couldn't, but this is also so peak. This is peak Dana Plato. Uh, from different strokes, right? So Dana Plato is, oh, sure. is the main yeah, yeah, yeah. feature on this, uh, which I forgot. She which I always that. thought was interesting, um, and because she looks really good in this, and I'll be honest, she looks really great in this. But then, of course, the rest of her life wasn't all that great. But uh, this was peak Plato for me. No, I guess it wasn't <laughs> peak Plato. That's the next. That's the name of my new indie band. Oh, good peak Plato. Nice. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, not so peak Socrates. Uh, not that's the, that's the name of the first album. <laughs> so with uh, Night Trap, the reason that it there was already a lot of concern, right? Or at least there was a growing concern, especially among parents of the content of video games. Uh, it was really kind of focused on fighting games, but this one they completely missed the the mark. It, this was a very campy game. It was designed with like camp in mind. It's it's really meant to not be scary in any way. It's really stupid. Right. But if completely taken out of context, which it was, it's a game that involves vampires uh, murdering uh, young women in their pajamas, basically in a house, right. and that there are traps being set off. And just, you know, it really hit every button on concerned parents' minds at the time. This has been like 94, 95. So yeah, it got called in front of like Congress. It got used as an example. They had hearings. Nintendo used it to throw Sega under the this bus. This sounds like something Tipper they, Gore would be like all over. It really was. You know? Yes, Tipper Gore was definitely involved. It was mostly Joel Lieberman or Joe Lieberman. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It ended up. It was a really. It. There are files in Congress that relate to a video game for sure yeah. called Night Trap. Yeah. Uh, which is crazy. Uh, but anyway, I mean, I've actually, I honestly, I never had a Sega CD, so I never played the game. But if you go on YouTube, oh, you can same. actually watch essentially the video, uh, the, the movie itself. You can, when you beat the game or when they came out the 25th anniversary edition of it or whatever, you could actually just take out and just watch the actual video movie itself, which I thought is kind of interesting. And and I believe they've even had like a remastered version recently that came out for PC on Steam. And that's supposed to be great because the other big problem was that as we were talking about, this is the very beginning of full motion video, uh, video compression and encoding was really terrible still. And so the quality of it on Sega CD is I, as much as it was supposed to be this game that was really kind of scary and filled with video, it was, it was pretty bad. Like the, you couldn't make out a lot of stuff. It was very pixelated and just busted. But the, the new one I've heard, restores the old original footage so it looks a lot better yeah and wasn't Corey Haim like in a Sega CD game at one point I feel like he was oh, gosh I hope so that's awesome double switch he was in the game double oh. switch on Sega CD that seems very Co Corey oh Haim-esque uh, in the 90s what? no one out there is going to remember this but I'm pretty sure you saw it Rich it was that video that just kind of surfaced that was like some self-puffing video that Corey Haim made about how cool he was and he was like playing the piano. Have you seen any of this I haven't, stuff? but I want to real bad. Oh, I'll find it for you. Cause definitely I, I almost wonder if he was in night trap cause I'm sure he would have somehow tried to include it. It's the strangest video ever, but I'll, I'll find it. Anyway. Does Corey Haim make your list of top five Corey's? He beats out Corey Lewandowski. <laughs> And then I don't know. Do you know? I don't know. Do you know five, five Corey's? <laughs> That's the question, right? Yeah, he's he's fourth. Uh, I don't even know uh, if no, I Corey can Haim sucks. name that many Corey's. 
I know my I have no, students I, named I Corey, either. but I don't know if I can name. Oh any, yeah, like actual like uh, Corey Feldman, Corey Haim. Right, of always uh, the other. Yeah, come on, the other side of the Corey coin. Yeah, yeah I just don't know Corey coins. <laughs> Catch him, mother. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. No, Corey Haim sucks. He's the lesser of the Corey coin, and that's saying something because I'm not really a huge Corey Feldman fan either. Wow, that's blasphemous. You should probably shut your mouth oh, and wait. try again. Nope. All right. Then you really have to see this video then because this is going to change your mind for sure. He's the least of the two Corys. You'll so see. So Corey Haim is the least of the two Corys or Corey Feldman is? God, You've got me confused. the bottom with those two, isn't it? Uh, Haim is the worst, but it... Yeah, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure Haim's Doesn't the worst. Slipknot have a Corey? <laughs> they have three of them. <laughs> They're all drummers. Three Corys and a yeah, Cody. Right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, people listening right now are probably like, well, there's Corey this, there's Corey that, there's four yeah. Corys. I just want to apologize to all those Corys and Cody's yeah. out there listening. Uh, you find names. I, my name is Philip, so you could do Philip J. Coryington. Yeah, yes. there you go. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Uh, you, Phil, are so familiar with the game Fortnite, right? You play it all the time? I don't. Never, ever. I haven't never played. Well, Rich plays Fortnite all the time. So, Rich, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you did this weekend? Oh, Phil, thanks for asking. (laughs) Uh, So Yeah, you're welcome. Rich has been playing a lot of Fortnite. He's also been watching a lot of Fortnite streams on Twitch. Uh, And one of the, not one of, probably the most famous streamers, Ninja, um, as far as Fortnite goes. And if not, I mean, I think just ever. This... Yeah, and that's actually, okay, now I I don't know anything about Fortnite. I haven't even really seen much of it, but I do love this ninja news that you bring. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. What, do we have any ninja news, or is it just going to be other Fortnite Oh, stuff? it's Fortnite slash ninja news. I bring, I'm bringing... Oh, right, ninja news. Yes. We should have a section called ninja, ninja news. Ninja does this, ninja does that. I imagine there's a 12-year-old <laughs> kid right now with a notebook with just ninja like, pictures. Got him. Right? You got, got him. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, Ninja has turned into this just like, I, I guess I could say overnight success because of this game, Fortnite. Uh, and he's getting oh, yeah. a lot of... And Drake. And Drake, yes. God's <laughs> plan. Uh, are getting a lot of attention because of this game, Fortnite. So what does one do when you get so much attention? Oh, you hold a tournament in Las Vegas and invite, you know, 300 other gamers to play Fortnite on a Saturday night. This happened this oh, past wow. weekend. Uh, the DJ Pauly D DJ. It was either him or Calvin Harris. I'm not sure which one was available at the time. Um, okay, good. <laughs> the split yeah, shift, maybe. Uh, split shift. Oh my god, it's it's EDC all over again. Uh, <laughs> bring your furry boots and crop tops. Let's do this. Um, yeah, can you tell how much I'm into the scene? Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Anyway, so they hold this tournament in Vegas. And I'm intrigued because I like the game Fortnite. I'll admit, I bit. I bit hard, right? Uh, I'm playing. Right on. We're playing Fortnite with B-Mall, and uh, Reed comes in a little bit later because uh, they're my squad, right? We squad up, we kill some people, sure. and we tear it apart. But uh, we decide that we're going to take a break, and we're going to check out this tournament because there are some other names at this thing. And the way it's set up is, I mean, you know, it's, the setup really doesn't matter. What matters is that at one point, over 600,000 people were watching at one time on a Twitch channel. Jesus Christ. Like smashing records of most concurrent views on Twitch. 
Dude, if you're a ninja at this point, I mean, you'd have to imagine that if he hasn't already, like, he should officially just, like, hold Amazon hostage. Like, this dude is legitimizing this IP that Amazon, because, right, Amazon owns Amazon and yes. not so long yep. ago. Yep. And, I mean, I, not that they don't have enough on their plate, Amazon, with uh, continually getting more and more things in our lives, but... Uh, certainly Twitch is something that I think they would love to see expand. They know it's going to expand just because gaming habits in general trend younger. Well, and also, so, as new generations Amazon, up, bam, it's making money. Yeah, Amazon has fed into this by giving everybody Absolutely. with an Amazon Prime subscription a free Twitch subscription. Yes. So Amazon knows right. the value of Twitch, without a doubt. Absolutely. Yeah, but even that said, so after all that effort, isn't it crazy? Like, bam, I don't think they were going to get 600,000 concurrent viewers, you know, simultaneous viewers like that with many people this is on a saturday it's, it's night dude on a saturday night like when they normally just yeah it's nothing no oh my gosh you're right on a saturday night dude. that's not like prime time viewership i mean that's got to be people pulling it up on their phones while they're out that's got to be interrupting like not interrupting but you know what i mean people are taking a break from their night out to watch it at that point well a good chunk of ninja's fan base is teenagers so maybe yeah. they're home they're hanging out whatever They've got yeah, they've got friends over Saturday night if you're a teenager. Man. Uh, right. Yeah. And if I were a teenager, I'd be all over this. But also what's interesting about Absolutely. Fortnite is it doesn't just cater to kids like I am hooked on Fortnite. I'm 36 years old. And we right. me, be mall Reed, owner of that guy's secret at that guy's secret dot com. Uh, another shameless plug. Sponsor us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We're actually watching this together while listening and chatting via Xbox Live Chat. That's how that's how my Saturday night was. I didn't play many games. I watched a, a 26-year-old tiny man play Fortnite against other kids. That's how I spent my night. Wow. That's awesome. Uh, well, hey, man. That's, it seems like everybody... Yeah, because I, I think that's a big appeal. Something I've, You're not the first person I've heard that from in terms of it. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like the barrier for entry in terms of age for some games is really limited. And they're really, like, I actually, as I'm, the first thing that pops in mind was Splatoon. But then again, that's also one that's, like, hugely <laughs> successful with right. people that it doesn't look like it was designed for. But that said, so, yeah, there are some games that just kind of escape that. Minecraft comes to mind and some other ones. But Fortnite is massive. It's massive across age groups. And, yeah, it's just a really interesting It's free, and you can play on every game. platform. You can even play on your phone. Kids are getting yeah. in trouble at school because they're playing on their phones. You know what I mean? Uh, they're oh. they're eating up all yep. the Wi-Fi at school. It's The game is obviously a blockbuster. And, they're, and Epic, who makes Fortnite, is making a ton of money just on people buying DLC. It's insane. Absolutely insane. Uh, right. I guess my question, right. before we let this go, my question to you is, do you think that this Fortnite success is forcing game fr franchises to kind of change paths? Uh, I recently read well, that... Give me an example of what you so mean. So Call yeah. of Duty is now essentially eliminating campaign mode. Um, Ugh. Where, I mean, they, I, I'm not sure what if they're going to in install a Battle Royale, but they're taking away the campaign mode in favor of more just online multiplayer. Now, Call of Duty has always been heavy yeah. online multiplayer. And once you finish the campaign, Absolutely. you just go and you do that anyway. But, the, but to get rid of it, do you think that this comes with the success of Fortnite and we're starting to have more of a battle royale style of, of content? Well, I'll say no. Um, but that's not to say this doesn't reinforce it. What it does say is that 
uh, a triple A title like Call of Duty, I bet that the I, the choice to eliminate a single player campaign from it was made long before success was charted by Fortnite. It's just right. something that in game development, it's like a five year plan. And so I bet this was a decision made long before that. That said, they probably read the writing on the wall as the people who made Fortnite, and it really is a lot of other gaming companies are reading, is that they don't need that single player campaign. And that's where, you know, I guess for me, uh, it, that's like devastating. That's heartbreaking. Not, And I don't mean that for like Call of Duty because I don't play Call of Duty. I'm perfectly fine with them eliminating the single player campaign or I'm, if I'm not fine, I'm, I would advocate for people who do like Call of Duty and love single player campaigns, but me personally, I don't need it. But I do think what that says in terms of setting trends, there's a lot of concern about what is going to happen to the franchise of Grand Theft Auto. And uh, because Grand Theft Auto V has become the most profitable intellectual property, I think, or like individual work or whatever it is of like of all time. Um, and that might have even been some time ago. But it, I think I just saw it was recently in the news, like within the last month, because it set some other yeah, milestone. Yeah, set like the like for game sales the of money. or whatever. Uh, it's yeah, they broke the like the record for most money made on a game. Oh yeah, and I think it, I'm almost certain it dealt with like even outside of games. Like it was just the most profitable piece of entertainment mm-hmm. ever produced at this point. Yeah. Um, and so, the, at the end of the day, really that money's coming in from the online. And so they've got games in a pipeline that people like me that I don't know or I want to say a snob. I don't. I mean, it sucks to be one, but I am one. But when we're looking at Red Dead Redemption Two and Grand Theft Auto Six in our mind, like we have been just fed on such great single player campaign design from rockstar Mm -hmm. that the fact that they have just broken the world broke you know just money falls out of the games that are online i don't know uh i would be sad to see that this is the beginning of a trend but i wouldn't be surprised because ultimately um maybe this is just the kind of passing of the torch generationally are there that many young gamers that excited certainly as excited as those like the older part of the millennial like i am someone born in 82 that really likes the experience of single player games right in addition to multiplayer whereas yeah most people coming up now multiplayer is just the standard to start with and single player is something to do i guess when your friends are right. online and see my, which is few and far yeah, between my dad loves the game destiny because of the campaign mode my dad likes playing halo campaign he likes playing uh, he probably likes playing Call of Duty campaign. Um, <clears throat> he doesn't like that he has to That's rely. Why I love on your <laughs> dad because he's my type yeah. of dude. He doesn't want to rely on other people to help him finish a game. But also, right. I mean, this has been kind of a trend anyway. I mean, if you think of like the games like Titanfall that don't have a campaign, uh, Battlefront that don't have a campaign, uh, it saves them time on creating a storyline when you can just create the characters, get the the metadata in there, and then start having a game. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I between this and PUBG, uh, Halo just released uh, their online version where you can play Halo online now uh, for free right now. Uh, but that's not a battle royale. You can just play different types of online uh, games, um, similar to what you could do with Halo in the past. So it's something to keep our eye on, I guess. I just nobody saw the, this kind of success coming from Fortnite. Certainly not PUBG. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we'll sure. see, see what happens. All right, let's uh, let's move on to uh, talk more about the Nintendo Switch, the Nintendo Labo uh, released, where you can actually do some fun things with uh, yeah, your absolutely. Nintendo Switch. Uh, what do you feel about this, Phil? 
Um, I remember when it they first announced. Like, it, I don't know if it was a CES uh, recently, but it was it was a pretty reasonably sized announcement. Like, it was a big deal, and it was in the gaming press. And there was that initial video that kind of showed the fake, like you know, the CGI factory. And they're making the parts, but I don't know. As soon as I saw the preview. I just thought this was just going to be great. Um, I don't have a Switch. I think I'll get one at some point. Uh, and uh, I didn't even have a kid on the way when I saw that ad, but that was instantly the first thing I thought of is, like, that's got to be one of the best parent-child fun ways to just right? do something cool for the video game in so long. And, and that's not to say, I think there actually are a lot of really cool opportunities in video games for parents to kind of work, you know, play with their kids. But this one's just, it's perfect for it. So much really cool stuff. The... It's got that, I've come to really respect Nintendo, because Nintendo, there's a precision to them, right? Where they make it seem like it's seamless, and it's playful, and it, they, it, imagine like, right, the very, have you seen the way they've broken down original Super Mario Brothers 1? They break it down, and they explain that everything is there, including the little Goomba, those blocks, the pipe, everything is there to teach you how to play mm -hmm. it within the first five right. seconds, because you have to hit every button to get through those first easy obstacles. I feel like that you would never know when you're playing a game it's just this fun thing you don't even feel yourself being educated by it this nintendo labo is that way i think it's just gonna have so much fun wrapped around it that there's just even a serious like center of it that is uh it gets your brain working in a way that i just think is fun it's gonna leave right. memories in people's minds building this stuff and it's just gonna be a really really cool video game experience that other companies don't get to first because they're not Nintendo. They don't have that kind of creative edge that Nintendo's demonstrated over and over again. Well, also, it, it engages kids in a totally different way. You are, instead of playing the game with a controller, you're now engaging in building and learning different types of motor Absolutely. skills, right? So whether or not you're four years old or you're 12, you're still using your hands and your brain in a different way. And I think that's what's really great about this. And not only that, like, it intrigues me as an older dude uh, because, you oh, know, yeah. how cool would it be to sit there fun. and play like a cardboard piano? And I'm not going to lie, when I, when I first saw this, I was like, what? Why would they do that? And then when you actually see it working and come together and you actually see what all comes with like the well it comes with two packages you get the the main package with like you can turn it into a fishing reel uh the yeah the little motorbike um so you can do like a bunch of different the piano which really intrigued me it's like if you can actually teach me how to play a few keys of piano with cardboard and something i already own that's incredible because now i'm learning yeah, tone absolutely. and tune and a totally different in ways of melody that I would never imagine that I could learn. Yeah. I even looked at it just kind of thinking, I think it'd be fun as hell to put that shit together. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there was even something from like, Oh man, like, I don't know. I, not that I was ever in a like model. No, but you've always been a tinkerer. A couple kids my age that you've always tinkered. Absolutely. Yeah, that's true. I've always been a tinkerer for sure. And so, um, yeah, that definitely, uh, checks a box on my list of things that I think are fun to do is just kind of, piecing that stuff together so yeah really cool really cool uh development from nintendo i think uh they've taken gambles before in terms of exploring a different way to game um and they generally go short-lived mm -hmm. they're fun and i think they don't get widely adopted but i really think that this could get widely adopted i think i think they're gonna see a really high uh, the, at the whatever rate of households have a switch, I think they'll see a high adoption rate for some Labo equipment because what they were really smart about as well in coming up with some kind of like physical interaction to meet their game, that's generally an expensive endeavor. But when you make it out of cardboard, 
uh, what's really kind of cool about it is that if something breaks, you just go grab another piece of cardboard from your house mm-hmm. or some other package and fix it. It's just really cool. I just think that it's uh, they it's a really smart decision, and I hope to see more development in Nintendo Labo's line. Since this has come out, it's definitely increased my interest in getting one. Uh, and what what's the price point? Like sixty, seventy bucks uh, for that? I'm yeah, willing like to take the a price chance of a normal game, yeah. right? I'm willing to take a chance on that and just to do something different, you know, like once I get through my switch library, which at this point is starting to pile up, uh, I'll look into something like this. Uh, and, but maybe, you know, when my nephew comes to visit, uh, I can, Hey buddy, let's put this together. Let's see how we can make this switch a little something different. That's kind of what I'm excited for is just, you know, every Christmas, Christmas Eve, me and my nephew, we put together Legos. And so for us to put together the switch thing, I think it would be kind of neat too. So that's kind of where I'm at with all this. So, I'm thinking this is kind of a jam. Not gonna lie, I think I've gotten into it. Yeah, I think so too. And Riley, yeah, if you're I listening, really cool. Riley, stuff. if you're listening, check out the Nintendo Labo and then go buy yourself a Switch, please. Go do it. And Phil, you too. Shame <laughs> on you for not having a Switch. I know. You know me. I always like. I'm always a generation behind. I don't think oh, I got a PS3 until you have PS4 a, was almost you have out. A baby coming. So you've got real life shit going down. That's yeah. I've, if I was cheap before, holy shit, <laughs> I'm, about, I'm about to be very fucking. I'm gonna cheap. make you a baby blanket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, speaking of tinkering, uh, they have now found a way to hack the switch, which to me gets me all kinds of jazzed up because, well, it also kind of makes me mad because I just bought the uh, Raspberry Pi and it's been put completely put away because of this the switch I got. But if they can make me emulate a GameCube and like a good emulator of a 64, I may be really into this. I might be in. Yeah. So this is a really huge, like, oh, this is, like, massively a big development. So there's a company that really just, their whole purpose, just a loose-knit, or maybe it's tight-knit, what the hell do I know? A group of hackers that really concentrate on gaming consoles. I believe they're called Fail Overflow, Mm -hmm. which is really funny because that just sounds like a dipshit moniker from, like, the movie Hackers, right? Right. Like, zero cool. (laughs) Hack the planet! yeah zero overflow but but the o and zero is is actually the number zero can you make sure you put that in there okay thanks we just want to make sure it looks right um yeah so zero overflow fucking they got into the switch because what has increasingly haunted nintendo and i think uh, i don't know if it's necessarily been the the door that gets jammed open for other console manufacturers but i want to say since the wii the uh, nintendo has partnered with ATI mm-hmm. to do their graphics processors. So they did it on the Wii and they did it on the, I'm sure the Wii U and now the Switch, but somebody had found a way and this would affect any ATI, I think it's like T- Tigra, Tigra, um, some kind of different architecture basically that comes with a graphics chip. They found a way to basically hack it. And so it would do it to a computer as well, but there's already different safe measures in your operating system and things of that nature on a computer that for the most part would easily be patched but um, because of the structure of the the switch it can't Um, they really can't get a software update out because their software doesn't I don't think it manages the graphics uh, chip the same way as other uh, like computers would so as a result um, it's allowing people to run what they call arbitrary code Mm -hmm. and that through Linux right I mean this is this is all done through Linux yep 
Yep, you can run unsigned software on it. Unsigned meaning it's uh, software that has not been approved by Nintendo. And what that basically means at the end of all the technical jargon is that it will allow folks to play backed up games. Once, you know, the folks out there establish the channels and the software and whatever else that goes with it, but that's an afterthought at this point. The Nintendo Switch is, in all intents and purposes, jailbroken. And... Uh, at least with all existing ones, it stands to reason that Nintendo is a release, uh, you know, more hardware to fill up store shelves as uh, existing stock is purchased. They may make alterations. Um, I bet they're really excited to make alterations at this point uh, to try to lock that out. But yeah, every existing Twitch right now at is basically modifiable and where you can now start putting all kinds of stuff on it. Would this does this increase your wanting to get a Switch since this news? Yeah. It does. <laughs> so, <laughs> it, it's almost like it, the first thing I thought of is um, I just need to figure out what the serial numbers are. Oh, sorry, the model numbers mm -hmm. for the ones affected. And I think I'll probably search backward because, um, you know, it's probably not smart into a podcast that goes public for me to admit that I may. So I'll just say I may or may not. Um, I may have may not have uh, taken some of my previous gaming consoles, jailbroken them and made them do things they weren't designed to do. Right. But as you said, I'm a tinker. Yeah, so it's, tinkerer. I, yeah, like a, maybe I maybe somebody may or may not have hacked a PSP to play some, emulate some games. You know, maybe that I haven't done. So um, that's well, exciting. I wasn't talking about you. Maybe, maybe. I know. Maybe. That's what I'm saying. I yeah, didn't I didn't realize. Yeah. Wink, 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 nudge, wink, nudge, nudge, Rich. Nudge. Hey, uh, <laughs> look at you over there hacking consoles. You. I don't know bitch. what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> speaking of pirated, do you think people create some really sweet homebrews for this? Like, uh, yeah, I really think so, and I think so in a way that uh, maybe you haven't seen in other consoles, only because the the design of what the the Switch does uh, between its Joy Cons and kind of the yeah, I just think the same way it opened a lot of different ways to game that Nintendo could do that other consoles currently can't. All the same reason, I wouldn't see, I don't see why that wouldn't be transferred over to some maybe some really cool homebrew. But that being said, in our day and age, you would never be able to make a dollar off of it. It'd still take mm -hmm. a lot of man hours to make fun software, just as it does for any platform. So right. there probably won't be a lot, but there'll be there'll be some neat stuff for sure. And I can't imagine Nintendo like encouraging this either. Nintendo's never been one to just oh, be like, "Oh, they are upset." Yeah, cool. No, Nintendo's the group that goes after people who put uh, speed runs up on YouTube. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely, they are the gold standard. They are like what Disney does with right. their with their stuff. They're they are very, very protective, very much pro overly protective. Yeah. I think by some measure, and and by they have every right to be. Uh, but also at the same time, they like do. leave my Zelda speed run alone. Like I worked really hard to get that sub exactly. 45 minutes. They're really, they're very heavy handed. You're absolutely right. And it sucks. Cause yeah, I totally, I, they, they have the right to do it, but what is your speed run doing? Except perhaps raising interest in that actual game that nine times out of 10, someone's going to see, and they're just going to jump on. Here's my thing. It, it also, a lot of it does come back down. It's not 100% true, but some people had noted that piracy, I, I can't remember who said it. It might have actually been Gabe Newell, um, the guy who runs Steam, or sorry, Valve, okay. and, um, by extension of that, Steam. But he had said that piracy isn't a price problem as much as it's like a ease problem, mm -hmm. and that it's something where it was just so easy for so long to just download a torrent, and then when Steam came around, it became so easy to acquire the software. Piracy did really take a hit. Um, yeah, I think that Nintendo... They've, they've gone through big strides to try to make it as easy as possible to get software, but they are still very, very 
um, very sensitive to matters of piracy, and they they wage war on it on just about every front they can, including um, some pretty silly stuff like shutting down your. <laughs> did they actually no, shut down? No, that, no, 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 no. Like, they didn't shut oh, down. Oh, good. Mine. That's good. Uh, but they shut down for a lot yeah, of people. They do. They did. They do. Uh, and this has just been a common thing with Nintendo, even when they were not allowing companies like Tengen to create games for their system. So I have a hard... So that I'm actually in favor of, or at least I'm glad they did. Um, I think that Nintendo putting a bottle on whatever people could make for their system, uh, basically, because Tengen is just, it's just a shadow, it's a shell company for Atari. I don't know if you knew that. I did that not know that. Company. Yep, that was just Atari, um, and so they were trying to make games for it, but the same way Atari fucking sank the video games when they were the ones running the hardware, just because they let anybody make a game, when Nintendo came out and said, no, we only sell licensed ones and you can only make a few games a year, it forced software designers to make excellent games, or at least as excellent as they could, right. because rather than re- release 12 pieces of shit once a month, they might release three games that year every four yeah. months. And so, which is funny to imagine now, four months is like your turnaround <laughs> for video games and it takes five years now. But yeah, it's, I'm, I'm glad they did then, but uh, yeah. Fuck Tengen. Those games aren't any good. <laughs> uh, even Gauntlet? You're, yeah. you're saying fuck Gauntlet right now? Okay, I know. I know and you're Gauntlet. you're saying fuck Tetris? Actually, I even kind of like... I like. I do like their other Tetris, but no, I don't think it's as good as the Nintendo one. I just think that it, it really stands to reason, by the way, Gauntlet is good because Atari had it, right? Because they designed uh-huh. it. Let's say Nintendo bought the rights from Atari to make Gauntlet themselves for Nintendo. Which would have been the better game? The Nintendo made Gauntlet or the Tangan Gauntlet? I don't know, man. Tangan made RBI Baseball, and that was my jam. Oh, fuck that. No, I think they published it. I don't I don't think Atari actually made that oh, game. okay. I think it's a Japanese game. Oh, well, whatever. I liked RBI Baseball, and they had the Tangan it is good. case on it. So to me, they That's made true. it. So. Fair enough. Tangan did make... RBI is a, a solid sport. It's like one of the most solid sports titles for yeah. the system. Um, but uh, also Tangan Pac-Man is also not that great. So, uh, But also the rare of uh, the Pac-Man, ugh. which is interesting. So, you know, if you're a game collector, go mm-hmm. get that Tangan Pac-Man. Or better yet, buy mine. You can have mine. I don't really want it anymore. Um, <laughs> uh, so this is going to lead us into some burning questions, Phil. Some bur- we have listener questions, believe this or not. Are you ready for this? Oh, yeah. all right. Like, all right. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Question one. Uh, our listener, uh, who will be renamed Gus, uh, recently got himself a Super Nintendo and had asked hey, me, I know a yeah, Gus. Sure. Had asked me, uh, Hey Rich, I'm looking to get my hands on some Super Nintendo games, uh, namely Final Fantasy two. Final Fantasy 3, and Super Mario All-Stars, and uh, Zelda Links to the Past. Uh, some not-so-cheap titles, right? Uh, no, and, but great but, taste. Yeah, Jesus right? Christ. Great but taste. Those are really, those are, those are excellent games. So good. Like some of the very, very so best good. ones for the system. Yep. Uh, but he doesn't want to spend essentially sticker price on them, which I don't blame you. I'm not spending. I don't blame I'm not, him at all. Hell no. No way in, in hell am I spending 60 bucks on Final Fantasy 3. No way. Absolutely not. Um, but I may buy it for 30 if I can find it or, you know, whatever. So I started telling him about maybe places where we he can go and maybe find some games. Now where he lives, there's not a whole lot of like disc replays, uh, mega replays, things like that. So he has to essentially look online. Uh, but somebody who is just getting back into the retro game era, what are some hints you might have for somebody looking for some games? 
So I would say that, well, first off, I think every collector is different and they're kind of, they have a different, they have a different goal in mind, right? In terms of what they want. Uh, some are really kind of pragmatic. I just want the games that really mattered to me. Hell, they might just want to replace almost game for game, like the same ones they remember having as a kid themselves and be satisfied there. Other folks are looking to acquire like really cool rare ones or ones that are hard to find while other people want to get them all or something. So knowing Gus as well as I do, the first thing I would do is uh, I would, I don't know if you've had any luck with this, Rich, but like repros. Um, I know it's a lot of people will bitch because it's basically it it lowers the value of authentic games that are out there but at the same time if if you're putting your retirement in a bunch of fucking video games from your childhood you need to get your head checked mm -hmm. like right. this stuff is running hot now because we're all chasing it right we're all collectively we've talked about this before we have a little bit of pocket money now that we didn't uh 10 years ago and so we're excited to kind of get back and get some of those cool games, which is awesome. It's a lot of fun. But the idea that we should all charge each other a premium for it, I don't know. I'm not that if that's how it has to be, that's how it has to be. But if somebody else is making reproduction carts that are just cheap, flimsy, but at the end of the day, they got the same ones and zeros on it that the one that I bought in like 1991's got on it, I don't see the harm. So especially for Final Fantasy 2 II and 3, that's going to be challenging. Um, really, I guess all of them are because they're all really great, and people don't part ways no. with those cartridges because they you love them. You can find a Zelda pretty easily, but um, you're still going to spend a good amount of money for it, more than you should because people just love that game. What do you think the prices are on those currently? I didn't look those up. Uh, some places will charge you thirty to forty bucks for a link to the past, which is insane because uh, that is yeah. insane. But it, that's better. I was I was waiting for you to say like fifty no, or sixty. No, I've never seen it that know. high. That's good to hear. Um, cool. If good. you could find it. For twenty bucks, I would jump on it. Uh, oh yeah, sure. You know, your Final Fantasy three. Uh, you probably, I think I saw it on eBay recently for about forty five um, dollars. That's awesome. Which actually Good. isn't that bad either. I paid more for that when I bought it new. Well, I mean that's how it is always. Isn't it? Like, <laughs> I would hope that's the yeah, case, especially Rachel still. Um, oh, especially adjusted for inflation. Yeah. I bet that game was like ninety bucks. As far as repros oh. go, dude, I am not. I don't think I agree with you on repros. I don't. Uh, okay. Especially no, when, right. if it's somebody who is selling it for way cheaper than the card itself, I'm okay with. But oh, but right. like people You're at a flea right. market That's who are trying yep. to sell me a game with no screw in the back uh, oh, for forty five bucks, you know what I mean? Like, no. Yeah, of course, man. No, they're trying to push you like counterfeit merchandise yeah. at original prices. Right. Absolutely not. But no, somebody no, no, who no. like Gus who doesn't I, know I any difference. Right. You're right. So You're that absolutely. would scare yeah, me totally right. to, to have somebody look for a My repo. scenario exists in a dream world <laughs> where people are good-natured in this so, vacuum in my head. If one thing is no, podcast right. has taught us, pros are shot. If it's one thing this podcast mm. is, podcast has taught us, people are garbage. Absolute hot trash. Um yeah, they are. Dude. Some yeah. quick hints for somebody looking to get into uh, a little bit of this is to one, I would check pawn shops. Uh, they don't always have the best uh, stuff. Sometimes they might not have any old games, but it's always uh, a good look. Um, sometimes you can I throw in one yeah, thing though. So as you mentioned, checking pawn shops. If you're looking for a certain game, I would not check stores because I just suddenly remembered. I don't know how many times, like if you're actually looking for a certain game, if part of the fun in getting that game is you dr 
taking like seven to eight trips out of your house mm -hmm. to a mall somewhere right. fumbling through like you know you want to lose some afternoons looking for it if that's fun do it but you almost want to ask yourself how much did you pay yourself an hour to hunt after the game ah yes and good then point. see what that what what is the difference between what you're going to pay on amazon and what you're going to do when you find it in town and if you would pay yourself 15 bucks to not have to sweat not finding it then it might be worth paying the higher price yeah good point good point i guess i'm if i'm thinking of actual game hunting uh i am that person who will look nine times uh to find one yeah. game and essentially spend 100 dollars in gas to spend 30 bucks on a game you know what i mean <laughs> sure which is awesome by the way and i don't mean i'm not shitting at no all but you're absolutely your right but you're right. absolutely right yeah As somebody who is just sort of not a novice but somebody who just wants to play specific games it may be oh, best yeah. just to go yeah. ahead and go on eBay and, and spend the 45 bucks on the game instead of trying to find it for 15 bucks in somebody's closet, you know? Um, exactly. Yeah. Cause it can be a long time waiting to sometimes get those games really after. But let's say you are into the hunt pawn shops, even a stop at Goodwill. I found some games at Goodwill. Uh, there I've, I've, we see some shit on the internet that is just insane. Oh, look at the Goodwill score I had today. I found like three game cubes and, uh, a Pikachu sure. Nintendo 64 for 12 bucks. It's like, no, you didn't fuck off. Um, at least not in my world. Yep. Flea markets. Uh, I've had some success at those are different now though, because, uh, everybody's onto the game. You can really like check real quick at what the cost of a game is now. So it's really hard to find like a super good deal. Uh, in my case, in my hometown, a bookstore well, one thing. Uh, has some always has good games uh, that are reasonably priced. It's just a sure. random bookstore, like a used bookstore. That's got, that's a really good point. You're right, because a lot of stuff will turn up there. One other thing, um, having grown up, of course, in the same neck of the woods as Gus, uh, obviously there's not going to be a lot of the retro shops in like a, you'd have in a retro area. Sorry, metro mm -hmm. area. But um, I remember. I think, at least in my much, my even smaller town than than his, uh, in Buda, we would even have like day wide garage sale yes, days, right? Or there would be some sales. kind of like collective effort. Yeah, and if you can find a day of the year, if you're in a, I feel like smaller communities are better about being right. like, hey, this we're all, you know, a town wide kind of garage sale. And if you get to fall into that in your area, that might also just be an excellent place to start, where somebody's just got a thing in their attic and they're just like, whatever, I know it might be worth something, but I don't yeah. feel like, you know. How many general? How many Americans are excited to go start up a, a sale on Amazon and actually sell mm -hmm. something and package it? And not very many. So you might find some really good deals in yeah. town. Uh, and also, you're right. People might have this stuff in a box. You know, ask some old friends whether or not like they had oh, had the yeah, game. Maybe sure. their parents kept that shit in the attic. You know what I mean? Uh, oh yeah. So that's a really good point. Just ask your friends because it's yeah. true. You're right. Even like people you know personally, they may have just like, oh, yeah, I've got one of those. I'm never going to play it. My well, kids hate it. So use one. And that exactly happened <laughs> yeah. to me. So Riley was listening to our podcast and said, hey, dude, I've got the case to Road Rash. You can just have it. And I'm like, dude, oh, that's yeah. awesome. It's like that's something I've been looking for for a while. Like, <laughs> I would absolutely love to have this. Sure. You know? And so, you know, it's not that's trying awesome. to scam people, but if you can get that game for as cheap as possible, that's great. But also, if you really just want to pay for the game, yeah. then what you pay is what you pay. And don't feel bad about paying yeah. it. Um, but if you're listening to this and you know me personally, you better call me before you spend any money on a game. And I'll let you know whether it's that's if, true if it's uh, worth it or not. So, Or Phil, you can no, call you're Phil. Absolutely. I always love asking you. Um, oh no no don't call me that's the thing I'm so rusty in the game I even like a moment ago you saw how shocked I was when I was happy to hear Zelda's not 50 bucks yeah. so no you're you're an excellent authority on that which um, is really cool and well yeah and I well when you went through your you were going through your games and you were just gonna like 
I don't know, we were in Des Moines and you were going through some of your NES titles and you were like, yeah, I think I'm just going to, you were going to give them away to Goodwill or, or something. Well, no, no. What happened was I, I took them to um, a place here in town called uh, JCD and Hobby. Uh-huh. And they do, um, and don't worry, this isn't really a helpful review for them, so they're not getting any free positive. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> positive. This is yeah, a Yelp review now. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, so I went there, and it was during the time, uh, I was, had a day off during the week, and I went there, and the, basically the, I brought a bag full of all these little Nintendo games, thinking I could at least get store credit or something, try to trade it for a game I wanted, because the shit in this bag is probably like Donkey Kong Classics and Jeopardy, and Super Jeopardy, and then another copy of Jeopardy. Like, it's just junk, as far as I'm concerned. They're not games I would want. And so I asked them what they would give me, and basically I had to wait 10 minutes to even have somebody approach me. And then they were mostly just, like, seriously, like, well, I don't know, the guy who does this isn't in. Can you just come back? I'm like, well, do you know when he'll be in? Like, no. It's like, yeah, no, I guess I'm good, dog. Like, fucking (laughs) get out of here. So um, in any case, yeah. So at that point, I didn't know what to do with them except let them gather dust. But then you came out for a visit. And I thought, oh, it's awesome. Like, let me just give them the rich. Like, shit, I'm not going to do anything with them. And you, um, in being, of course, the good, honest friend you are, you felt like, no. Like, if if I absolutely wanted to, to give them to you, but you were insistent that I try to sell them. Because, yeah, you were saying that there was some, there yeah, were some yeah, in there that you thought there. were worth yeah. more than just pitching yep, them. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, if you have, the, I mean, if you have the patience for it. Now, if you're in a situation where you got to just blow through stock, then do whatever it takes. But uh, if you've got some time and you got some room, just let them sit in the box and, you know, try to sell them a little bit on eBay here and there. So and if they don't sell, then you just bundle them together. And well, I'll tell you what. Whatever. Well, my those games are still in the same Walmart bag tied shut, or you know, plastic bag tied shut. So you can see just how much I. <laughs> well, also, I finally just got. I probably should have given. I it got to you. my man room together, and I still have not taken my games out of my tote. So it tells you how oh, much yeah. I really care about my um, collection these days. Which, again, it's changed for me quite a bit over the last couple of years. Um, you know, it used to be I. Minor in old. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead, no, sir. go ahead. No, I was going to say mine are in old uh, uh, paper boxes, yeah. like old uh, like yes. of paper. Yes. You were saying totes. Like everybody's got – people that don't have like a room dedicated, you have to get kind of creative right. in choosing what you what's sturdy, <laughs> you hope sturdy storage space for this yeah. shit. Uh, it was to the point where I was – when I was living alone, I was going every Saturday to flea markets and driving like 100 miles to go to a flea market just to look for games. Uh, at, in my prime and I haven't done that in so long um, so I kind of got I kind of got disappointed in the way things were going but I have found some good deals uh, when I was in LA I got like a GameCube for five bucks it was great you know so you can still find it it's just that's really funny not as easy as it used to be well that let me use that as a segue to get into another burning question yeah. and that is because um, when you mentioned flea markets, my answer to this, uh, I got at a flea market. But what is one game in your collection that you're saving f- in the event of a fire? One game I'm saving in the event of a fire. I probably should have been more prepared for this question because this is a question you would ask, you dick. Uh, well, I'll tell you what mine is. Yeah, go ahead. Gives you, it buys you time. So uh, that said, it, it probably isn't really one that I would save in the event of a fire. I'll be concerned with you know, my loved ones in photographs mm, or something, you know, yeah, of course, of course, <laughs> at the of end course. of the day, just, but to satisfy the hypothetical question, sure. What's the, what's the one you think is really kind of cool and excellent in your collection. It's hard to find. I have one of the, um, 
gyromite cartridges for Nintendo that has the Japanese game inside it. And then they just kind of, they basically, they ran out of that title in the U.S. because they were just trying to get it launched. And it was a way better success than they thought. So they put basically a 60-pin Famicom to 72-pin Nintendo converter just in the cartridge. And then plugged a Famicom game of gyromite into that converter. And so some people call it heavy gyromite because it does have more heft to it. It's a little heavier. It's got five screws, but almost all gyromites have five screws. So I was disappointed because I've had a couple copies. But yeah, this was one where I was at a, uh, a flea market and there was just this sunburnt piece of shit game you know like you know it's, it was in phoenix you've been to that oh, flea yeah. market right yep. when you came out for a visit so that is one of the sketchiest most insane weird flea markets ever like i've seen you know people just pee in the middle of it like just whip you know kids whip out their just take a piss in the middle of the aisle like it's a really strange sight but while i was there um i was able to pick up this game that was just sat out in the sun of phoenix for probably months and no one noticed and uh it's it's kind of cool i'm just glad i found it in the wild as opposed to just having to buy it because so many of those have already been snatched up and and people know what they are so they charge a, a, a heavier price for them yeah i've had that situation when i was in vegas one time for that conference i was bored and i went out to a vegas flea market and they had sunburnt versions of uh Super Mario Bros. Three for like twenty bucks. I was like, "Come on!" Like, and you, you, you couldn't even, you couldn't right. even negotiate. That was the thing. Is like, what if I had to give you fifteen? Not that I actually would pick a, a just curious out of own curiosity. Would you take fifteen? No, twenty. Twenty it is. I was like, "No way! This looks so bad, so bad." No way. Uh, if oh, I'm later. saving a game in my collection, it just off the top of my head, it's probably gonna be, uh, and not that this game is hard to find, but Mega Man Two. Uh, that is one of my favorite NES games. Um, Great choice, yeah. That or just my Legend of Zelda cart because it's got my you know my save games on it and stuff like that. But uh, if I'm picking one right off the top oh, of my head, man. it's it's. But again, those games aren't that hard to find, and I don't have anything that's super duper rare. Not anymore. I got rid of my. I had a Darkwing Duck uh, a little while ago and uh, Mega Man Six, but I sold those and I so. Um, but yeah, probably Mega Man 2 is where I'd go if I just had to throw that out there real quick. Yeah, that's a really great choice. That's I think that's like the Desert Island game for Nintendo yeah. too. It's like so a really good. great. Like you can just play that. You can pick that up and play it that's anytime. Right. Uh, let's do one last question before we jump out of here, uh, and then um, we'll we'll get out of here and then we'll talk about some of the stuff next week. Are you ready? Yeah, Burning question, and this is dedicated to our friends at the Loose Thursday podcast. What is your favorite beer to drink while gaming? Man, I'm gonna disappoint. Um, I'm I'm not particular. <laughs> like I'll just drink whatever. Um, wow, savage. No, I, I think it. Well, I just don't have like I don't know. There's not a part of me. It's like I don't have one for video gaming. Like I don't have one for watching TV, and I don't have. You know what I mean? Like that's. You don't have one for chip eating. I'm chilling yeah. out. No, I don't have one for chip eating. Um, I I would say I, I have indoor relax. If I'm out in the yard that kind of stuff it's outdoors and it's gotta be a sure. lighter beer but most things indoors and that includes video games um yeah i suppose an ipa okay that's my yeah. favorite beer if not if not an ipa uh maybe having like a bottle of johnny walker black and just kind of doing um a little bit of that on Ooh. rocks is and sipping that is also a, a great way to you're like the don yeah, draper of video games way to go way to go that's you know what i'll i'll meet that in the middle because i feel like don draper's yeah that's that would never work, but uh, I'll take it. Does like Don it. is Don Draper your, your top five Don? 
uh, or is it Don Rickles? He's definitely top five, uh, Don. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> dude. I, now, all of a sudden, I want to watch Mad Men, but with Don Rickles oh, playing Don Draper. But Don Rickles in Casino is like best Don Rickles. It's the way he gets like Absolutely. The shit kicked out of him oh, is yeah. hilarious. Uh, when oh, Joe Pesci hits him with the phone Don is Rickles. the best. Uh, but anyway, uh, I'm just yep. going to, before we quit, awesome. I'll just tell you mine. And it always reminds me of you, my buddy, when we play playing games back in the day, we used to drink a crap load of Rolling Rock. So Rolling Rock. Oh, we Rolling did. Rock is. Oh, yeah. We would pass controller. That also was the start of our Mario playing. Oh, the speed there, runs right? before kind of they were speed back and forth, get Speed running. Yeah. And I still can't get that fast again. <laughs> it's been a while since I've been able to, to get that fast. But. All right, buddy. Well, let's save some of this other stuff for next week. Let's talk Westworld next week. Um, it'll, by then, it'll be yeah, uh, the second episode of Westworld has gone through. Um, so it'll be more confusing yes. than it was uh, so right now. So confusing, but a really good show uh, people I should love watch. It. Yeah. So great. Uh, and maybe there'll be some more news on this channel. Awesome. Um, I also think that there may be some new news on Billy Mitchell by then. So uh, we'll talk about that next time on the Complete Inbox Podcast. See you later, Phil. See you, Rich.